Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Right, welcome back. Afternoons on 770 CHQR. Rob Breckenridge with you. So, yeah, certainly it was a disappointment, the decision to revoke the permit for the Keystone XL pipeline. And the bad news we got um, back in uh, January. This project, I think, was a real win-win for Canada and the U.S. in terms of jobs, energy security. So, like I say, it was a lamentable decision. But was it the final word on the matter? So, some potentially encouraging news this week. The attorneys general of Montana and Texas... And 19 other states have filed suit in the United States District Court for the Southern District of Texas to block what they say is the president's unconstitutional and illegitimate attempt to cancel the Keystone XL pipeline. So where does this all go from here? What are the issues uh, that that perhaps lend itself to this kind of a legal challenge? Very pleased to welcome the program here this afternoon. Uh, For more on this uh, challenge is the Attorney General. The great state of Montana, Austin Knutson, joining us uh, here this afternoon. Mr. Knutson, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me, Rob. So like I say, I mean, we're pretty encouraged uh, here in Alberta to, to hear word of this. Uh, so tell us a bit more about the basis uh, of the lawsuit, first of all. Yeah, sure. Uh, in, in a nutshell, uh, what we're alleging, and I think correctly, is that the United States Constitution relegates the, the the regulation of interstate and international commerce to the Congress and not to the president. So basically what we're arguing is that President Biden has overstepped his, his constitutional authority. Uh, Article 1, Section 8 of our Constitution is quite clear. Um, that, that power to deal with interstate and international commerce, which Keystone XL clearly is, uh, coming from your great country down in ours, um, that has to be a congressional action. Moreover, there's already been congressional action. Clear back in 2011, the U.S. Congress, uh, the House and the Senate, passed legislation approving the Keystone XL project. At that time, President Barack Obama had the opportunity to veto that legislation. He chose not to. He signed that legislation. Um, what we're alleging here basically is that President Biden on his first day in office is really trying to go back in time about 10 years and veto a decade-old legislation. Uh, and that's a clear uh, exceeding of his constitutional powers. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, in, in 2017, the president at the time signed that presidential permit. So I, I do wonder, and I mean, looking at it from the outside, it seems simple enough. If a president can uh, sign and, and grant the permit, uh, another president can revoke it. But are, are they different? Are the decisions different in nature? I think they are different in nature. And that, that's actually one, a, a good point you bring up. And it's one of our arguments in our complaint as well. And, and that is, I mean, work has been moving now. 
Once President mm-hmm. Trump granted that final permit, there was a lot of work went into this. The the, the crossing at Saskatchewan into Phillips County, Montana, which is you know, right up in my backyard. Uh, I'm a northeastern Montana guy. I'm just straight south of Regina, Saskatchewan. Uh, that that crossing is actually already almost complete. Uh, there's there's man camps in place. There's electrical facilities, build outs in place, substations in place, pumping stations in place. A lot of infrastructure started moving and getting built. This project was moving. Uh, so one of our other arguments, and again, I think it's a strong one, is there's there there was reliance here. We we relied on President Trump's granting of that permit, and a lot of work started moving forward. A lot of money got expended. TC Energy was was relying on this permit. The state of Montana was relying on this permit. Uh, and with the stroke of a pen, President Biden purports to have the authority to just throw that out the window. Yeah, it's an interesting point, too, because, well, technically, I mean, there's there's no product flowing through a pipeline across the border. There is some reality on the ground. So so the border has been crossed. And, and is that an important factor here? I think it's absolutely an important factor. Uh, we've, we've, we've already had the international portion completed. Uh, you know, what? one of the arguments that we thought about trying to tackle is like, well, I mean, for, just from the Montana standpoint, do we have the authority to tell the president to pound sand and just, and just go ahead and complete the project in Montana using our state authority? I think we'd have trouble doing that. So, I mean, this, mm-hmm. this is an option that, that we went with, the, the federal suit. I, I think everyone agrees that that's a, that's a better tact here. Uh, but, you know, we're still certainly dealing with interstate commerce. Um, and, you know, we're dealing with a, a foreign company, obviously, with TC Energy, and, and they've been a great partner, and we're glad to have them on board here, and we really look forward to working with them. Um, so, yeah, this, this, this is a real devastation for the state of Montana. It is, right? And, you know, we've certainly been focused on it here and the impact it's had in, in our province. But, you know, Montana, other states are in, in a, a similar boat, right? I mean, the, there were folks working on this. There was work underway. So not only the jobs that, that aren't going to be created, but just kind of the sudden erasure of, of a lot of existing jobs, right? Absolutely. And, and, and we've got some numbers. Uh, and these numbers aren't created out of thin air. I mean, these are numbers that were created from the State Department under President Barack Obama. Uh, so if anything, I think they're probably a little conservative. But, you know, just for the state of Montana, we're talking about 3,700 jobs that are wiped out. $60 million in property tax revenue annually. you got to remember the six counties that, that this pipeline was going to cross through in eastern Montana. Uh, like I like to tell people, this this is the side of Montana that they don't film Yellowstone in. Uh, this is very rural Montana. It's it's largely pasture and agricultural property, very sparsely populated. There's no property tax base out there. This pipeline was set to become the single biggest property tax payer to those counties, uh, sometimes to the tune of well over a hundred percent increase in their property tax base, uh, but almost sixty million dollars annually, and that just got wiped out. Uh, we're talking about almost $137 million annually in wages and, and, and employment benefits. I mean, you're talking about real numbers to a state of Montana. We, we've got right around a million people. Um, that, that's huge. Yeah. So there, there's some obvious urgency to the situation. I mean, these things don't tend to move quickly, though. But what, what kind of a timeline are you anticipating here for this? 
You know, I've been asked that one a couple times. I, unfortunately, I think everyone knows the U.S. court system doesn't move fast. I, I would love to tell my neighbors back home that we're going to be able to get this thing moving here in the next in the next few weeks or months. Uh, I don't think anyone's under that kind of illusion. Um, we're we're going to try to get an expedited hearing with the judge in Texas to, to get a preliminary injunction and a restraining order against the president. So hopefully, if we get that in place, TC can continue uh, putting putting this construction project uh, in the ground. Um, but, you know, we're, we're going to have to wait and see what kind of a schedule the judge comes up with and, and what kind of rulings we get. All right. Well, we'll be watching it closely here and, and hoping for the best. Mr. Knutson, thanks so much for making some time for us here today. Appreciate this. Pleasure to do it. Thanks, Rob. All the best. That is uh, the Attorney General of the state of Montana, Austin uh, Knutson, who is um, w- one of the attorneys general leading this challenge. So it's uh, Ken Paxton out of Texas, Austin Knutson out of Montana, but a total of 21 states involved. Uh, in case you're wondering what the others are, let me just rattle off the list here. Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, Georgia, Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Nebraska, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Utah, West Virginia, and last but not least, Wyoming. All right, we'll take a time out here. Like I said, we get some time for your calls, a few other issues to get to as well. This is Afternoons on 770 CHQR. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.